0: Seven, six, five, four, three, two, one. You'll never have the secret stone. <laughs> oh, this new crazy mother!
1: Welcome, friends, to episode one one one. That is actually very cool. One hundred and eleven of Color of Magic. I am your host, Daquan Watson. And as always, for a hundred and eleven episodes, still hanging with the same dude. He hasn't gotten tired of me yet. Brian Allen, how are you doing, dude? I'm uh, doing pretty
0: good. No major complaints. Is it getting ready to get ready to consume mass quantities uh,
1: this week? Man, you ain't lying. But but yeah, I gotta say, like Thanksgiving's a weird holiday because I remember it's for me. Thanksgiving and and Columbus Day both felt weird as a kid. Like, as I learned about them, I remember trying to ask adults, like, we're celebrating a thing where we were nice to people, but then shortly after, we just killed them and sold their things. (laughs) Like, that's a a weird thing to celebrate. Like, we're going to ignore the stuff that came after this. But this little window of time, that was awesome.
0: (laughs) Most American holidays, no Fourth of July, unless you were black. It was great.
1: Oh yeah. yeah. Like, well, we were talking about Columbus Day too on the stream the other day. And I said Columbus literally did everything wrong, right? Like he he decided yeah. I'm going to travel this way to get to Asia or whatever on the other side, which wasn't possible. Like got off course, landed in a spot that wasn't where he even thought he was, and was like, "We're just going to call this this," and then magically we celebrate that day, and it's like. When else do you celebrate somebody making three or four major mistakes still not getting the outcome they want cuz it's not like he stumbled into the right solution like he left wrong he didn't right? know
0: what hemisphere he was in
1: yeah I'm just like <laughs> I mean, that's crazy like the fact that that's a thing and I'm like why why did that even get decided that that was a holiday like and it was weird cuz like I said as a kid I was totally cool with it till I started learning more about it and I'm like but he then didn't really discover anything named everything wrong and then never really got where he was going. So like, what are we celebrating? But then if you think about it, that's kind of America in a nutshell these days. So, (laughs) I mean, maybe we were just ahead of the curve. But anyway, before we get into the rest of the show, we do want to give some love to our sponsors over at cardsphere.com. Great place to buy and sell cards at the price you want. And, you know, just a good resource. If you just want to look up pricing, if you want to just see what things are going for, If you just want to read some articles from my main man, Brian, he's got stuff over there. But they do support a lot of people out here doing good content in the Magic community. So give them some love over at Cardsphere.com. They'll appreciate it. We'll appreciate it. Because if you're supporting them, they can keep supporting us. You know how that works. And if you want to support the show, you can go over to Patreon.com slash Color of Magic where we are really, really loving everybody coming through. I'm still amazed how many people come through the Patreon, how many people listen to our show, because, you know, we've talked about it before, especially with Thanksgiving coming up, you know, being thankful that people even give a damn about this type of gaming content or whatever, and people appreciate it. So thank you so much. But as we've started before, we want to start doing some shout-outs to our patrons. And this week, we're going to give a shout-out to Adam Klesh, you know, some of you may know him because he's been involved in some other podcasts and done some uh, creative design work for Magic, aspiring creative design work for Magic, not actually working for Wizards. But I did get to work with Adam at Card Kingdom, really cool dude, and he also has a podcast. Him and his wife do, I guess you would say, five to ten minute uh, short podcasts called The Cheeseburger Buddies, where they literally travel around the greater Seattle area and elsewhere trying cheeseburgers and rating them on an odd, I think like five point scale that each have. And it's kind of cute and fun. So if you want some short little snippets to entertain yourself, go check out cheeseburger buddies. It's pretty fun. And then as usual, you can go to color of MTG.com shop. If you want to pick up some tokens or some playmats. and I might have another cool thing coming in the future. So stay tuned just after Christmas. We might have some things lining up there. And we got to bring up our latest sponsor, manscaped.com. They are an amazing place to get some great grooming products. And again, you know, yes, they're supporting the show. So, But I'm not just blowing smoke up your butt. Like, I actually use their stuff, and it's good. It's good. It leaves you feeling good. It leaves you feeling confident. And like I said, I, I promoted it for a couple of weeks now, but they're a little weed whacker on your nose, like that thing does the job. Such a surprising little tool for what it is. And right now they have a black Friday sale. So I believe through Monday, if you go to the website, you can get 25% off and free shipping. Remember to use promo code color that gets you 25% off and free shipping anywhere in the world. Use promo code color. So they know that we sent you, And we can get some credit for sending you their way. And they'll keep supporting the show. So, yeah, if you need some stuff, if you want to get, like we were talking about last week, you know, fix up the perfect package for your perfect package, go (laughs) check them out over at manscaped.com. Remember to use promo code COLOR and get 25% off everything on the site and free shipping no matter where you are in the world. Now, with all those bills paid, it's time to get into a real good one here on the soapbox. And apparently I got a crowd this week on social media. So I might need I might need the double stocked uh apple crates. The soapboxes might not be big enough. But this week, and I and I'll admit, it, it started out very passive. Right? I because I see people that post first if they're the first commenter on a video, right? Or second in some cases, because they think it's cute. And on my personal content. I always see that and think like, what's the point of this, right? It doesn't do anything. It doesn't encourage anybody else to want to watch the video. It doesn't help me as a creator know if I'm doing something good or bad in the video. It's literally just a thing. Honestly, part of the time I even delete some of them. Not going to lie because they're pointless. But then I was like, well, let me ask people, maybe there's something here that I'm missing, Right? So I ask people, like, hey, why do you or why do people feel the need to post first or second on videos They go up? Because they didn't feel like it really does anything. And generally, they don't contribute to discussion, so I'd rather just delete them. Partly because even when I go to read comments or something, like, I hate scrolling past silly stuff like that. That's just me personally. Again, I'm okay being on an island here, being somebody who just doesn't care for it, and it's just a fun internet meme. Now, when some people came around and said, yeah, it's just a thing, it's a carryover from the 90s, it's funny, it's a meme, blah, blah, whatever. I'm like, well, whether it's funny or not, we have different ideas of humor, but I get it. Memes are memes. Some people like to meme it up. We still get people to get Rickrolled. You know what I mean? And Rickrolls have been around, gosh, I don't know, 25 years or something it feels like. So, all right, is what it is. But where it became a little bit contentious. As when people are like, well, it's a way for somebody to show they really liked your content. Well, no, that's not true. Because I can post a 15, 20 minute video, but within the first three minutes, you're posting first. Which means you absolutely did not consume that content. You didn't even have a moment to watch that video. You just posted first and that was it. Then somebody said, Well, it's you shouldn't care because it helps the algorithm and they're gonna, you know, it's interactions on your video, whatever. Two things, one, one random ass comment ain't gonna do much of anything. It's a snowball of comments that really do something. Two, it's largely believed that those type of comments are some that don't actually register the same way that when people post for the algorithm, the algorithm knows to look for that. So those are just people that already support you that are just putting a thing and they're not really contributing. And they're also trained to look for one word comments to try to weed out a bunch of the bots and other stuff. So now. YouTube and Google have not said this, but several groups I'm in or people that have asked have a belief that these things have been in some ways either negated or not registered because of the things they're trying to do to make the platform better, which all makes sense. So whether it's true or not, I don't know, just saying it makes sense. It's out there. But to say or use the excuse that you're doing this to support the creator, I'm just going to say it. It's bullshit. Like you, you can't, Like, cause what you're saying then is, well, this person wants to support you and leave a comment, but they only want to do it when they get to post first. That doesn't even make sense. Like if you, if you are seriously trying to support somebody and you want people to know about their video, then post something about like, oh, it's cool. You brought up this thing in your video. Oh, your new lighting is awesome. Or whatever, whatever they saw in your video that they liked. Right but to say that they're posting the first comment because they like your content or because they want to support you or they want to like build up your algorithmic stuff or whatever but they don't ever post except for when they're the first then you don't really want to support about somebody you really don't care about somebody like don't that's like saying well I support LGBT people but only during gay pride month you know what I mean it's it's the same thing like you're saying like well when it's convenient and there's a thing then i support them but i support them the rest of the time i just don't say anything about it like it just doesn't make sense like and like i said totally fine if you just tell me eh, it's just a dumb funny thing people do it's memey it's passive hell i'm a sports fan i see all the dumb things people do because they don't want to get up during a play because their team might throw an interception and they're going to be responsible or whatever like doesn't make any sense but like i get it we're humans we do dumb things and we find silly things entertaining I can buy that all day, but don't sit here and tell me it's because they want to support the content or they really like what you did because that is complete and utter bullshit. Absolutely is 100%. And like, and I told people like totally fine being on an Island and just say like, I get it. It's a thing I don't care for. Internet loves it. Just keep letting you do your thing. Somebody even called me out and said, you know what? When you do delete one, you might be taking away. Somebody's fun. And I was like, you know what? You you might be right. Maybe I shouldn't delete the comments. I should just leave them. If for that reason, if nothing else, it's just something simple and fun for somebody, I should just leave it up. Totally willing to own that. And that's what I told people. I said, totally fine. No problem if you're telling me it's just a fun, silly thing. But the minute you say it's about support and those people don't do anything else to support the creator, you're doing nothing else to build their content. You're probably not even sharing their videos or telling people about them. Hell, some of the people I've seen post weren't even subscribed to my stuff. <laughs> they just posted first because they were able to post first. So, like, don't give me any of that crap. And I'm sure it's happening on everybody else's content. I'm just speaking of mine because that's what I can see. But, yeah, like that whole thing of first, like, I'm fine. Keep doing it if you think it's funny and fun and whatever. Go for it. But don't put the pretense on it, the fake pretense on it that... Well, I'm going to post first because this supports the creator. Okay, cool. Then the next time you can't post first, go post something else on their videos. The next time somebody else has already posted first and you didn't get to, go share their video. Go tell people about them. Retweet some good stuff they're putting out there to help them make some ad dollars or whatever from their their sponsors. Like, that's how you can support somebody. Okay. Got that. I'm like, good thing it's cool up here in the Northwest. I ain't breaking a sweat (laughs) or nothing. Like, all right. But I'm going to step down because, Brian, you actually have a pretty interesting one by comparison. So I'm going to I'm going to hand this off to you because I'm sure I got some people heated a second ago and yours give people a chance to cool down. Yeah,
0: apparently two actors have either left or been dismissed from uh, ABC's long running soap opera General Hospital because they don't want to get the vaccine, which is somebody, you know, that. It, it, it's because they looking for acting jobs. just blows my mind that somebody's willing to throw away an acting job. In the case of uh, Steve Burton, a job he's had, a character he has played for three decades rather than get the COVID vaccine. I
1: was just thinking, is, like, I, I when you said that name, I was like... It. I feel like I've seen that dude doing talk shows and stuff for a while. So he must've been doing it yeah, for a long time. You probably have.
0: He's been on there for us for about 30 years playing, you know, playing the same character. And and of course as we, we know actors, we know, you know, Stallone is not Rambo. This character, you know, is a tough guy, badass, hitman. hit you know, survives death every week. But <laughs> hey, come back scene him out, <laughs>
1: that's way too much. Man. This is mind-boggling to me. Yeah, and, and I'm just thinking about it like you're on a TV set, right? And some of these sets aren't huge because they're just a room you know, that you're supposed to be doing a scene in. You've got your actors on set. You've got stagehands. You've got makeup artists. You've got lighting people. You've got camera crews. You've got directors, producers. That's a lot of people you're around all day you know, to do a eight or 10 hour shooting day, like, and not counting if you have to go back to your dressing room or, or trailer and that's a small space. And like, ah, man, I don't know.
0: General hospital, by the way, they didn't, you know, do this, you know, just because they feel like they had an outbreak on set, which is why they're the only one of the, I believe there's four soap operas left on television. that still uh, that, that has a vaccine mandate. Because they had an outbreak in the serious business over there. So they're not doing this, you know, just because willy nilly. They they had an outbreak. Now they have a vaccine mandate to make sure they don't have another one. Because again, reasonably small sets in closed spaces, and you're affecting
1: countless people. Man, that makes it tough because, like, if you've already had an outbreak, like, you can't be like, oh, well, COVID's not that bad or it's not really going around or whatever. It's like, that, uh, man, if I was on the set and I was one of the people that got COVID, I'd be mad. Like, because that person's basically saying, like, well, I know you got COVID, but it, it probably wasn't a thing. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. ugh, man, I'd, I, yeah. Just, you know, I, I, I just,
0: I will likely never be fortunate enough to have a to, at this point, if I have a three decade acting gig, I'll be 100 by the time I finish it. But it blows my mind. I'm, I'm going to assume they both saved up their money. <laughs> I'm hoping that's the case. Or or maybe they're angling for a job on Fox News. You know, that may be a thing
1: also. Man, that's... Oof. I don't know. I That would make... Uh, even even if they stayed, that would make for just a bad working environment. Yeah. Like, uh, yeah. That's one where you almost have to go at that point.
0: Like, ugh. Ugh. Just... Unbelievable to me that again, I'm assuming they save their money, feel like they don't need that particular acting
1: gig anymore if they got to get the vaccine. I guess not. It. Yeah. I mean, I guess we got enough money. You don't have to care. You just, maybe I it's think also about,
0: you know, when you've played, a, I get maybe wanting to play a different character or something. I've seen actors do things like that. But for, for actors that claim they really care about their characters, you know, hope they can come back someday after the vaccine mandate is
1: gone. Is it that critical? I mean, I wonder if that's just like, I'm too prideful to walk away from the show, so I'm going to use this as an excuse to walk away kind of a thing. like. I could In almost Ryan's case, I don't it. think
0: it is because it's obvious they were not prepared for this. Though just the way they threw everything together and you know dropped him under a tunnel, it's like I don't think they planned on him leaving. They figured, okay, you know he'll 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 buckle down, he'll get the vaccine because like, he's a major character. Yeah, has been for a long time.
1: Because see, I would the just other actor, like I could almost see just being tired of it after doing it for that long. But hell, there's people that've been doing. Law and order for twenty years, don't seem right. to be slowing down. So right. I don't you know. do
0: I'm, I can't imagine you get tired of the check and the security. Good for again, those of us that you know are, are going from project to project and not knowing what our next project is. It just blows my mind. I mean, yeah, I want to be Jason. That's one of the reasons the actors love soap operas. even if they don't feel like they're you know they feel like they don't, they're really going to do something. It's such I'll a steady you paycheck. you your main character.
1: Is it uh, Marcia Hargitay, I think is her name, from SVU or whatever? Yeah. She's, she's been on, I think, from the beginning. And right. And she's just, she's just been in the whole time. Like, I, I don't know if I mentioned it on the show, but I remember one day watching SVU, because I don't watch it regularly, right? But I remember watching and thinking, oh, crap, this dude that's now, like, the DA or whatever, he's gotten promotions in real time. Dream. <laughs> like he's been on the show so long he started out at like a lower level was like the intern did this thing with help with like investigations and now he's like up at the da or whatever and i'm like that's crazy like somebody had a a fake career longer than some people's real careers and got real-time promotions like that's how long some shows are on tv that is so wild to be in it's day crazy because you know, they canceled
0: the OG law and order and I guess didn't realize before they canceled or maybe whoever was in charge of that at the time just didn't care. But they would have just coasted through Gunsmoke's record of being the longest running TV oh, yeah. show of all time. You know, most yeah. shows don't have a chance because yeah, I think Gunsmoke was like 25 years or something crazy. Well, so
1: yeah, most now shows... the record for the longest running episodic televised show and the most episodes is actually Monday Night Raw. Yeah. Like, which is, of all things, like, when I found that out a couple of years ago, I went like, well, yeah, that makes sense, because you almost don't have an off-season.
0: So you're just... Yeah, they, every week, they're cranking." That's one of the reasons we stick with it, is it may be incredibly dumb sometimes, but it's new to, yep. to some extent. Always. But yeah, I guess they didn't care about breaking Gunsmoke's record until recently. Wait, we, we still can't. We can, mm-hmm. we can still come back, and it's law and order. It's, it's like two or three seasons away, I think. Yep. But yeah, they'll they'll
1: come back. They'll break it. Uh, that's crazy. Well, let's talk about more fun and interesting things. Because, you know, like we say around here, we like to get better. We like to get smarter. And we like sharing things that we learn throughout the week. So what you got, Brian?
0: All right. Apparently, they found, uh, you know, one of the main things they learned while they dig up dinosaur fossils. A dinosaur skeleton from over 300 million years ago got a form of bone cancer. So yes, cancer. For all dinosaurs, by the way, do get cancer. I mean, cancer has been around for more than 300 million years. So everybody thinking that we cooked it up in a lab somewhere. No, it's been around for since you uh, know BC.
1: Man, that's like cancer is the OG then, like. I mean, cancer's looking around at, like, syphilis going, nah, listen here, young blood. Let me tell you how it's done. (laughs) Taking
0: out (laughs) Uh, T-Rexes.
1: That's crazy, though. I I guess it makes sense from what we know about cancers, though. I I don't know if I would ever really thought about dinosaurs and cancer, but, like, I I guess it kind of makes sense, though. Like, that's interesting. Because I feel like, you know, we talked off the air. You know, we heard about stuff from, like, you know, the, the early 1800s. And then we heard about stuff, Egyptian stuff that we've discovered that people might've had cancer and whatever. So it's like, the further back we go, we keep finding instances of cancer or cancer-like things. So I guess it kind of stands to reason that it's always been a thing. Kind of kind of a cool and, fact though.
0: And, and speaking of that, I guess this will be kind of a bonus did we learn. You know, one of the things they used to say about Alexander the Great is that He he was truly descended from the gods because they said his corpse didn't even start decaying for five or six days. They're thinking now he may not have been dead and actually had Guillain-Barre syndrome and was just paralyzed for five or six days before he died.
1: Oh, that's grim.
0: Yeah, (laughs) but
1: back then they're like,
0: "See, that's proof he's a god because his corpse isn't even decaying."
1: Well, yeah, when you don't know anything, like... Yeah, when you have never heard of guillain before. I guess he's dead. You know what I mean? (laughs) Oh, that's messed up. That's messed up. Well, mine is equally messed up because I woke up to some messages and some posts where conspiracy theorists were at it big time this morning, which we've joked around here on the show, I'm down for a good conspiracy, right? But there's usually something that happens, whether it's in the news or a new piece of information or whatever, that kind of leads people thinking down a path, right? So I at least need the conspiracy to have some logic, right? But this one, it was Nike's now supporting the Chinese leader. And I'm like, what? Like they're, they're now naming things after them and whatever. And I'm like, well, okay, this obviously can't be true, right? Exactly. That was my reaction. So I go and start trying to figure out what this is related to. And I can't find anything immediately, so I'm like, I don't, I don't really understand, right? There's got to be something here. And then I realized, I saw this thing from a couple of days ago, that on December 11th, Nike's reissuing some Jordans. They're a uh, white sole, gray on gray colorway of the Jordan 11s. And I was like, okay, so Air Jordan 11s, right? Follow me here. When they put out their tweets or social posts, they abbreviated it as AJ. XI because it's Air Jordan. Oh, yeah. Roman numeral 11. 11, yeah. Well, the Chinese leader's name is Z. <sighs> I this which is XI. And since they already produced shoes overseas, <sighs> they, exactly. People made that leap in logic. And I was just like, y'all, like if it was at least a new shoe, I would understand. But this is literally an old shoe they're just reissuing. Like, come on. Because like, I can't tell you how
0: many times I bought uh, an American tennis shoe named after a dictator. Yeah, it yeah, happens all right. the time. It was Yo, you got like, them Tim
1: Tongues, bro? <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. yeah, right. you, you got them new... Kim Jong-uns? like the, the Kim <laughs> no, have Vladimir Putin, 100. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Them Putin 25s are tight. Like, you know, like come on, man. Like, that else was right. <laughs> I mean, the crazy thing to me is, like, it was literally, it took me a while to process even, because I'm, like, doing yes. a deep dive. Like, there has to be something Nike posted recently that got people saying this, right? So, and then when I realized what it was, I'm like, you're kidding. Like, <laughs> yeah, no, you just... like that's all? It's like come on people so of course there were already folks trying to explain to people like look these aren't even new shoes y'all these are things you know we have the Jordan 16's and the 5's and whatever and sometimes they reissue them with new colors or to match new promotions and blah 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 but yeah crazy crazy stuff but anyway that's what I got to learn today which was hilarious wow just wow yeah well let's get into the rest of the actual game news today we did talk about last week the Vegas Magic event or Magic the Gathering Vegas as it was called, and social media was kind of full of content from that event. If you were in a Magic Internet, I guess if you want to call it, because you know there's Magic Twitter and there's face Magic Facebook and whatever. If you were in those circles, you saw a lot, and I'm sure you saw a lot on your feed too. Just people at the event, people with the the vendors and the the artists, and people going out to eat and different players and you know the the personalities getting to hang out with the fans and sign things and it was it was a fun celebration i guess of just like hey let's get back to gathering again you know we we all kind of stayed at home for two years almost you know and hadn't seen anybody hadn't played big events so it was fun to kind of like see that again after not seeing it forever you know that was that was a fun change of pace and one of the things that came out of it that we saw a lot of people talking about was that there were a couple of i say a lot i saw several mentions i won't say it was a ton but people saying there were more women feminines you know non-binary folks you know that that they didn't remember seeing prior to the pandemic. And that kind of got me thinking a little bit about did COVID in some way help us clean up our physical paper events? And the and the reason I say that is because I remembered people saying similar things about the FAB tournaments, the Flesh and Blood events, right? that, oh, there seems to be like a slightly nicer crowd and there's more women here playing or whatever. And for a minute, people are like, oh, I wonder if this is just a product of flesh and blood being a thing. But then now that we're seeing it with magic as well, it's kind of making me question some stuff, right? Like, well, first off, where did the bad actors go? You know, so my, my logic after really trying to like, piece this out and talking to a couple people, is that maybe, and this is this is just speculative. I mean, this is just like putting a bunch of things together and taking a shot in the dark here. But some of what allows those people to have that attitude and be that type of person is because they're around those type of people to keep encouraging it and say that that behavior is okay. But during the time of COVID, you didn't get invited to play with people on... Uh, spell table, right? Like you weren't getting invited to people's discords. Hell, some people are getting booted out of Discord, right? You're getting blocked on Twitter or whatever. So you're not getting to engage with that negativity or have that attitude the way you're used to. So one of two things either happens. Those people eventually get completely disenchanted, disinterested, whatever, and they leave. Or their behavior, behavior has to change. Which is for the better, either way. Right. So that part's good. But then it's like, okay, well, let's say we figured that part out. Then where is the shift in demographics? Some of that, I think, is maybe some people started gaming together, more friends, more significant others, more whatever, because you couldn't just go out and do all your different things. Right. So now it's like, okay, maybe a few more people came out to the event together. Maybe some couples came to the event together. You know, but it seems like there's a different feel for everybody and let's be honest a bunch of people that went weren't in this like super competitive mindset because i feel like we for a long all games and you know as well as i do like you almost didn't see a game come out if they didn't have like an idea for some tournament structure or whatever for a while everything was based around some level of competitiveness whereas now i think people came out and it was like well there is a big competitive prize but none of the stuff we saw from the weekend was really about the competition. There was a few people said, hey, I made top 32 or whatever. And like, that was cool. But it wasn't like people giving constant running updates or giving all the winning stats on different decks or, you know, this is the breakdown of the field and all this stuff. Because that used to be all we got out of tournaments. This time it was like, oh, hey, I finally got to hang out with so-and-so or, hey, I'm hanging out with these people from my Discord. Or I got to meet the professor or "CGB's over here doing a thing or, you know this group is hanging out together for the first time and however long, right. That's really what the event was more than, Oh, this person won the money. Hell, to be honest, I can't even tell you who won the two events on the weekend. I, I I'm sure I could go look them up, but like normally at the end of a big event like that, that's usually one of the first things you see posted that registers because you don't see all that other stuff. like, I don't, know, but do you know who won either of the events? I don't. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. Like I, I probably should know. You know, and I will go eventually look up the stuff because I've been interested in building a new modern deck and all that stuff. But it was cool seeing such a change of pace. And I don't know if the focus and, and again, this comes back to all these conversations we talked about, right? Where people say, Well, why does wizards not want to spend more money paying for the Pro League and all this stuff? And it's like, look, <laughs> you know, like, look how positive this was. And now don't get me wrong. All of this happened because there was a competitive event occurring, right? There was a draw for people to come to, and it brought people in the same space. But that was just like the centerpiece. And there was all these things happening in the orbit around it that were entertaining. It didn't have to be just about the main thing. Because it almost used to be the main event, and then you'd have all the stuff kind of below it, right? This time, it felt more like the main event, and everything else was around it. And I think that's a little bit of a different perspective. But I don't know what were your takeaways from all this, man.
0: I, I mean, I didn't. I also didn't hear a whole lot about it Of course, I wasn't on you know Magic Twitter a lot over the weekend with everything going on. So.
1: Yeah, it, it's. I'd be interested to see how long it lasts. I think is the thing for me. Is like, was this a one-off thing because we hadn't engaged in a while? Because everybody finally got to come out meet people they've been putting off meeting or hoping to meet because, you know, they hadn't run into them in a while. Everybody's on their best behavior because we're all making new introductions or reintroducing ourselves to people. But, you know, let's say when we do this again for the third time, the fourth time, maybe the fourth time isn't until April, May, June next year. But, could be. you know, let's say that's the case. Does that change everybody's behavior? I hope not because this felt very positive a lot of people came back with positive feelings, so you know I hope it stays that way, and you know for other games too, not even just Magic. I hope I hope the next convention or board game thing or whatever I go to feels the exact same way. I mean, I hope we stay on this positive trend because you know we talked about several things here on the show of just all types of issues with people manipulating people and and people needing to be fired for racist stuff and all the stuff that's happened at Blizzard and blah 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 blah. You know so. A lot of things have come to light, and we've cleaned up a lot of stuff in in the last 20 months or whatever it's been. So hopefully we get to stay on that trend for sure. I will say, though, it wasn't all sunshine and rainbows. We did see a couple of people post on Twitter over the last, uh, probably about the last 48 hours as of the recording, saying, you know, they had positive COVID tests coming back from Vegas. Uh, a couple of them, I want to say Jeremy Noel, maybe, I think was one. He does some stuff over with Star City. Uh, and this isn't to say that, like, he was being irresponsible just He's he's one of the people that posted, you know. Um, and there were a couple of others, but the thing for me, I think, and I'm not saying any of these people who got it were irresponsible or that they were one of the people doing it.
0: Yeah, because we can't even prove they got it
1: there. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, exactly. We just... They, they could have got it from a Anywhere, you know, in the airport, they could have got it from somebody before they left home. It it could have been any anything. So I'm not putting this judgment on any of the people. But just from a behavioral standpoint, because I did see some pictures from different folks where at the event, credit to Star City. I mean, I started to channel fireball because they were running the event. And it looked like whoever was in charge of checking for. Mass vaccines, whatever, everybody did their part. Nobody had any issues. I mean, every picture, everyone's masked up, even the cosplayers, like everybody, like no issues. The thing, though, is an event you attend can be as safe as you want it to be. But if the people are immediately going to leave that event and go do something that's very unsafe, then you're compromising the quality of the event. You know, like, let's say you went to play magic vegas and then at the end of the night you're like cool we're gonna go hang out in the casino and play craps or whatever with a bunch of people around a craps table with no mask on well now you're shoulder to shoulder around a bunch of strangers for the next i don't know let's call it two hours just playing on the craps table and you don't know their vaccination status you don't know if they've had covid or not. hell you don't know if they have covid right now right and then though you are masked up and everything you're going back into the venue with other people right that's the concern because i told y'all before when i went and did the event in texas i literally i think i ventured out out of the like we had an adjoined hotel and event space so i was literally able to leave my hotel room go right down to the the uh, announcer booth I mean, it was all of maybe like a two minute excursion maybe three I left the venue, I think, twice. I left once to go to a pot belly to get a sandwich. (laughs) And I left another time to go straight into a Target and out to grab a thing I needed to do some some editing work or recording. Because I think I need a new headset or something. And that was it. And even then, the entire time I left the venue, I was masked up. I tried not to hang around people. I was trying to make sure I was spaced out. You know, all that stuff. Because I also didn't want to bring something in and compromise the event because they were doing their part, checking for masks and all of the good stuff, you know, so I didn't want to be one of the people to compromise that. And I'm not saying that makes me any better or worse or whatever, just my personal views. But it's tough, because, you know, even being at that event in Texas, I knew that there were going, and there were people when I went to Target, I mean, I would say at least half the people were probably just walking around with no mask, which was crazy to me coming from the Northwest, where, you might see one or two people without mask. <laughs> still that way. <laughs> yeah. So it's like, it's, it's such a different experience. So I don't know. Like, I, and like I said, if it's one thing if we're hanging out and we know each other and we know we're vaccinated and all that stuff. And you know, you're at my hotel room, whatever, that's probably reasonable, but to just go out to a place and just hang out and drink and party and whatever. And you want to go to a club, whatever. And you're hanging around with no mask and you're in close quarters yeah, that would make me uncomfortable still. I don't I don't think I would do that. Especially now, I will say this. If it was just me and somebody I came with and we were doing the exact same activities and we were taking the exact same risks and we're staying in the same hotel room, yeah, I probably care less. I could at least see somebody's logic there. But if I'm doing a thing where I have to go back and be around a bunch of other people or whatever, now it becomes a different experience for me. You know, because I don't know about you. I do the same thing even when I'm driving. Like, I might drive a little bit faster, take corners a little bit when I'm by myself. But when I got people in the car, mm-mm. whole different experience. Like, because now I'm responsible for a whole lot of other bodies in this mm-hmm. car. Right. It's probably a bad mindset. I know it's a bad mindset. Yeah. Right. And I'm not saying like I'm significantly more dangerous. It's just like I know I can be more careless in a lot of things in life when it's just affecting me. But I, I, change up when I know it affects a lot of other people. Same thing with business, right? If I made a decision that was only going to affect me, no big deal, but it was going to affect the whole shop and my employees and everything else, I thought a little longer and a little different about the decision. you know. So to me, the same thing kind of applies here. But I don't know, man, we talked about this last couple of weeks. Where are you at as far as like when you go and venture into the world or into an event? You know, or taking your family or whatever, because you've got even a different perspective than I have, because you've still got the kids at home and everything else that, that I don't necessarily have. So how does this stuff all affect you when you start thinking about events?
0: I mean, we're really not going to any events for the most part. We go see blah, blah. That's about the extent of it. We might, and now, Tish and I went to a restaurant for my birthday. That's about the, uh, that's about as outside. And of course, we also go get groceries, and that's, that's about it.
1: Well, you know, I want to ask you because, like, again, I I don't have kids, but, like, how are they holding up with, because I'm sure in Texas they have to see all the other kids, like, their parents are taking them to go do whatever, or there's going to be this party at so-and-so's house. Like, how are they able to deal with that with everything going on?
0: gabby's even more strict than we are because we tish is thinking about possibly going to the tree lighting and gabby's like i'm not vaccinated i'm not going the <laughs> 11. that's
1: cool because that's cool. Yeah, didn't you have one of your boys that were starting to try to think about like competitive gaming at one point because i know y'all have yeah. that that uh esports center over in arlington or whatever and Obviously, I guess y'all haven't done that since COVID started. No,
0: we have not. And I mean, I think we, you know, we're, we're getting to where we want to and just trying to decide, you know, how comfortable we are with it. And really, as it hadn't been in what two years now.
1: Yeah, that's so tough, man. Like, and it's one of the things, you know, and I I do envy you because I don't know if I would have been able, because I see all the stuff I've dealt with and all the, you know, questions I've answered whatever. I can only imagine it's double time or triple time when you got kids at home and they're still trying to figure out the world and you've got to answer all this stuff, you know, especially from gamers, right? Because we do gather, we do want to get together and trade things and go to tournaments and events and whatever. And like, you just can't right now. I mean, that's, that's gotta be rough. So, yeah. So do you have plans, I guess to eventually go to an event anytime in the, foreseeable future i guess i would say not not anything that's concrete right now it's just more like a
0: we'll be glad when we can but we haven't set set down a definite date when we're gonna go to an event of any kind
1: yeah i'm larger in the same boat i i'm even currently talking with one of the i guess i'll i can say this without like getting in trouble but talking with one of the tournament series or tournament organizers i should say that runs multiple events and that's one of the things is just like when are they even going to be you know what are the protocols going to be around them i don't i don't know any of that stuff yet so it's kind of hard to say like for sure i want to do it because i don't i don't know anything around it you know or even what they want me to do like there's going to be a difference if it's like okay cool you just need me in a booth doing commentary or whatever okay cool do you need me roaming around the floor doing a bunch of stuff like uh those are different different things right so i don't know i i think even if I do get to a point where I'm willing to go do these things, I'm going to have to figure out like what jobs am I doing within those events to even see if I'm totally comfortable to do it yet. Until I get, like we talked about last week, get my emotional and mental states back together on wanting to do these events. But I mean, don't get me wrong. Like people said, do you have FOMO from not being at the events or not? Like, "Eh, to some extent, I'm sure I have a little bit, but I'm also one that like, I don't really regret too many decisions. So I'm just kind of like, eh. if it was right for me not to go, it was right for me not to go. And then I just spend my time doing something else. But, you know, I do feel like I missed opportunities. You know, I for sure didn't get as much content or other stuff that I could have gotten by being there, made some connections by being there, which would have been nice. So that's a little bit disappointing, but, you know, at the end of the day, I'm just happy it went well. We've seen very few cases reported, which is nice. A bunch of people are coming back saying, hey, I followed up, I tested, I was negative, you know, all that. So that's, that's really good. Uh, it it does go to show that at least if you take all the precautions, making sure people are vaccinated or have a negative COVID test, everybody's wearing masks, you're spacing stuff out, you have sanitizer available. It does make a difference, you know, because from the pictures, if I were guessing, I don't know what the final total was, but it looked like there was a couple thousand people there and to have virtually none. I mean there was a handful, but so far, virtually no cases reported from the event. No outbreak or anything is is pretty nice. So it says that these steps do work. Whether people want to admit it or not, whether people feel inconvenienced by it or not, like we have proof that doing these things results in almost no cases. You know, same thing with the event with the Hunter Burton we did. You know, everybody's on top of it, everybody's wearing masks, we try we reduce the attendance for the event, all that stuff. And it made a difference, right? So whether you believe in COVID or not, or whether you believe in vaccines or not, or whatever, like you, you can't reasonably deny that these steps work. Because even think about this, the fact that at Magic Vegas, you had that many people hanging out, doing all the stuff, you know, people that hadn't seen each other in forever, probably hugging or whatever and doing all that. And even with some people coming down with COVID or having had COVID at the event, we didn't have an outbreak you know there's a reason for that right like you can say what you want but precautions work so yeah hopefully you know we'll we'll keep the report, reports positive and the next event I go just as well now one of the things I do want to mention and this is way more fun of a topic is that one Mr Beast which we've talked about before it's hard to, if you're involved in Internet YouTube stuff. It's hard to not mention or at least see Mr. Beast at some point. The dude, by the way, now is already up to 70 million subscribers, which is such a phenomenally big number. But Mr. Beast just released a video on Wednesday that cost him over $2 million. And he recreated all the games of Squid Game. And invited 456 participants to be in the Squid Game to compete for $456,000. And not only that, like, a bunch of people got out early, got, like, $2,000. I think the second place winner got, like, $10,000. Somewhere in the middle, he did a thing that if you just wanted to leave to eliminate yourself, you got, like, $4,000. Like So he gave away a ton of extra money on top of it, right? But this dude, he is doing stuff. Like... Here's the thing. I've never, I haven't even watched Squid Game. So, you know, feel free to vilify me for that one. But I've seen enough clips and, you know, I've seen pictures and whatever. And dude, I mean, he had people dressed in the, the jumpsuits or whatever, like with their numbers on them. He And to replicate people getting shot, he had them wear these, uh, like you do in the movies, you have the little body pack. So whenever you get shot, a little pop goes off on their gut or whatever. So like he he really went all out. Like I see why it costs so much money. But I mean, because think about it, he had to outfit four hundred and some people with basically fake explosives, you <laughs> And then you know he still had to all his staff he had to pay, and you know he and there's another guy who did the video of just like recreating pieces for him, you know, whatever. So he enlisted a bunch of different people, like just a wild production, you know. And I I sit around and think like. I'm excited I got new lights. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> Whatever I'm he's making He's on another level right now. Oh, yeah. Like, you know, he could literally, hell, he could probably make a reasonable investment in the company that makes my lights. Yeah. And I'm excited just to have two new lights. But just seeing what this dude does, ooh, excuse me, and how much he gives away is phenomenal. You know, like he's doing stuff that, most YouTubers have never even considered doing. And not only that, last, or I guess it was Monday, he put out a video because last week they did a food drive and they got with Genio, the company that makes a lot of food, obviously, and they donated 10,000 turkeys to different families in this town. Uh, I think they gave away all but the last, like, couple, few hundred, and then they took those to a food shelter and gave those away. And that was from his uh, Mr. Beast Philanthropy channel that literally all the money they make on the channel goes into more philanthropy. That's a channel that makes no money. It's 100% charity and he keeps just rolling it up. So if you subscribe, you watch the videos, you donate, whatever, all that money that's generated on the channel goes to just doing more thing. And he did stuff for like after the last hurricane, they went out, helped people get new places put people up in hotels, made meals for the whole town, like just amazing stuff this guy's doing. So, you know, and as much as he's like a goofball and his friends are silly and they're doing like silly Minecraft content and all this other stuff, like, and, you know, it's fun doing giveaways where, you know, if you can stand in the circle for this long, we're going to give you a million dollars or whatever. Like the dude is doing so many bigger things with it. He's literally like, I wanna be like Mr. Beast when I grow up. That's basically what I'm saying, right? If if I can make that kind of money and help that many people, that would be phenomenal. And the best thing about what he's doing is it is actually changing content. Like you're seeing more people doing videos on YouTube or TikTok or whatever, where they're just like, okay, I'm gonna do this thing. And if people do this positive interaction with me, I'm gonna give them a thousand dollars. You know how there's one dude, he was literally just walking around the store And I can't remember, there was some fun song he was singing. And if somebody decided to sing it with him or they sang the next verse, he was just going to give him a pile of money. And he had to walk through the grocery store. And the first six, seven people were just like, what's up with this weirdo? You know, and then he finally found a person. By the way, a perfectly
0: normal reaction.
1: Yeah, what's funny though is I'm an idiot. I probably would have just sang along because I would have thought it was funny. But you know, I would what have known if I know
0: the. Oh, song. I can't
1: remember what it was. It was just it was like a simple, fun song that people knew, like a kids' rhyme or something or whatever. But it's cool seeing people do more of that content. You know that not everything has to be so serious and upsetting and stressful and whatever. Like you can do a lot of fun stuff and still get paid and still get the reactions and still grow your channel. Because we've talked about it before, man. Like, how much, how many creators have you seen that are just negative all the time? You know, how many reporters have you seen that only want to talk about the negative stories? Or how many people do you watch that game and are constantly upset and insulting their opponents? And blah, blah, blah. blah. It's like, uh, not everything has to be that way, man. So, I don't know. Have you ever watched any of Mr. Beast stuff?
0: Yeah, he's He's crushing it.
1: Yeah, his whole production's on a different level, man. It because, really you know, is.
0: you said, as you said, you know, there's so much negative content. Before, you wouldn't have had any example that positive content could succeed because I've worked for a number of places where we're just going to do positive news. And it shuts down because nobody reads it or watches it. So this is kind of, he's doing a revolution,
1: really. That's, that is a good point. I mean, before, I guess, I guess you had small examples, but nobody that had been really successful. Yeah, nobody yeah.
0: nobody's this successful. Certainly.
1: Yeah, you're right. I, I
0: worked for a number of newspapers where, hey, we're just gonna do it's gonna be all happy stories, and that project lasts somewhere six months, maybe a year if you had a whole lot of seed investment. But almost every place I've worked where it was just positive news for one reason or another ended up shutting down. The people are like, "Hey, the mayor's got a mistress." Yeah, those places stay in business because everyone wants to know about that. Yeah, I do say this, everybody, but a lot of people who were stays in stage of business want to know about that.
1: Because I was thinking even like the family content and family related stuff, they always try to end up playing it into the family drama other than just letting it be the positive story. So, yeah, I guess at the top level, there weren't many. That I mean, well, look at
0: your news networks now. We got, you know, Fox, CNN, MSNBC. There's. There's nobody really just doing, hey, you know somebody somebody discovered a puppy today
1: <laughs> oh dude i I was upset yesterday because we're still doing that story about the dude who ran over five people in the parade or whatever, right That's been two and a half days worth of news when there's no new facts. It's literally we know who the guy was, he's already been arrested, we know who he hit we we know the people that were injured, we know the body counts, we know how many people are in the hospital we hell we know the make and model of the vehicle, we know the path he took to get there. But we will talk about that for two and a half days. Instead of saying like.
0: And if, if numbers show that you don't want to talk about it, they'll stop. But the numbers show that people want to talk yeah. about.
1: So, I mean, it's cool having people out here doing this type of content and doing just really fun, big stuff. And I love that he's still doing, you know, the squid game thing. That's yeah. just like, I want to do something big and crazy and give money away or whatever because I can. And then utilizing that and the popularity from that stuff to say, yeah, but there's these serious issues you need to pay attention to. You know, we're gonna go give food to people that aren't gonna have it for Thanksgiving. We're gonna go give laptops to these underprivileged schools so these kids can learn and have the same advantages, right? We're gonna help these people after these hurricanes. So they don't have to be without a home. You know, it, it's so cool to see that because you always hope that there are gonna be people to do that, but it's cool to see somebody actually take that initiative.
0: So, And as you said, we're seeing that spread to other content creators. So, hey, maybe maybe someday it hits television.
1: I hope so. Man, that would be awesome. But yeah, maybe one day we'll be in the position to do it. I don't know. Even on a small scale, I'd be happy. <laughs> but uh, let's talk about a little stuff here in the dinner table. And this comes because I had someone ask me a question. And this is back about the the vegas events this past weekend that they said like do you think there's a reason that there were fewer of the black content creators in a lot of these photos and or a reason that a lot of the black players were not necessarily in an attendance at magic vegas and i really didn't have a great explanation you know, other than like, I okay, first off, let me say, I don't think I don't have the vibe or the feel that anybody was excluding anyone. You know, I don't think that was the issue. Hell, I had several people that even up until two days before were like, hey, if you still change your mind, you can come stay in my Airbnb with me or whatever, you know? So people were inviting me out, right? It, it Just I made the decision not to go. It, even for me, it wasn't even like a money thing. I had the money for the plane ticket. Obviously, I would have had a free room, you know, whatever. But I don't know, like most, I feel like several of the black creators I spoke to just made the decision to not go. And I don't know, and I, I don't know about you, Brian, like for me, it was more of a. I again, I think more of an emotional health concern, I will say. Because I think mentally, I'm in a pretty good place where I know the odds are pretty low, or whatever, but we talked about it last week. I think emotionally, I don't think I was quite there yet. But. And I'll, I'll give you a chance to speak here, too. But I, for me, there is a part that I think I know enough about events and I know enough about the industry that was I also emotionally prepared to deal with the normal junk that comes with being at an event. Right. And I don't I don't think it was an like a high level. If I were like prioritizing reasons, it probably would have been like, you know, if I made a 10.000 list it probably would have been nine or ten but I think there's still something there that when you're on the fence you kind of go like ah, but yeah I don't know if I want to deal with the knuckleheads or I've seen all the stuff online I don't know which of the like I don't know the and which of the bad actors are going to show up or not and you know whatever now it turns out a lot of them didn't and that's pretty cool so it makes it a little easier to make the decision next time but there's also already not a lot of us you know that's the other thing we've talked about that before. Like you just don't have proportionately a lot of black creators or a black a lot of black players. And you know we you know there's the societal thing says so, you know there's black Twitter and there's black YouTube or whatever, right? But to an extent, those things do exist for every minority community, and people talk. And I think if several of the more known or prominent figures weren't going, then some of the other people probably also didn't go. You know, because you knew, okay, well, that's a few more people that aren't gonna be there, or a few more positive interactions I'm not gonna get to have, or whatever. And I'm sure that affects it on some level. Now, I'm not gonna say that, you know, we had a conference of black creators and we decided that, okay, well, eight of you aren't going, I guess the rest of us aren't going, right? It was nothing like that. But I just think on small levels, you know, it's a type of thing we think about. You know, and I've said that before, like there's some tournaments I didn't go to because I kind of knew the situation. You know, and if you're not sure, you kind of don't want to go in a situation where, you know, the odds are already going to get worse. So I'm sure that affected to some extent, but I don't know. I, I'll let you, Brian, like, what is your reasoning as to why you think this was the case or why you didn't go? Well,
0: I, mean, I just had about 15 different projects fall into my lap, so I didn't have you. Even if I had decided I had the money, I wouldn't have had the time to go, so. And just in terms of family and and you know professional things, where it just wasn't even something I really had a chance to look at. So, I, and I again I didn't talk to anybody about it other than you. You know, as you said, where there was no conference of hey, the black delegation has decided we're not <laughs> supporting this. It was just personal that I didn't have, had have the time to go this time.
1: Yeah, and and that makes a lot of sense. You know, because I ended up working on things myself, and you know maybe that's it at the end of it. I don't think there was maybe one reason for anybody that didn't go. I just think it's just when there's already not a lot of them, when any reasonable number of them do not show up, it's going to look pretty disparate. <laughs> you know, like There's going to be pretty many, yeah.
0: I'm t- trying to think just all the top of my head, how many black magic content creators, including us, would you say there are?
1: Man. It, well, okay. I would say, we'll say prominent. People that have more than like a thousand followers on Twitter, maybe have more than like three or 4,000 subscribers on YouTube. Uh, maybe, yeah uh, man, I'm going to feel bad if I even give a hard number, maybe, maybe like 15 ish, maybe, I mean, there's not a lot that I would say are prominent, you know, there's a couple, that probably I don't, it sounds about right. right. Cause you've got, uh, what's his name? Joseph over on, uh, I hate your deck, you know, like. They've got their thing, Anomaly. She's been doing a lot lately with like Twitter and stuff, so she's been pretty prominent. Uh there's a couple of creators like Stax Ramen and uh MTG Blackhammer or whatever they've been producing videos over on YouTube. Obviously, you have like Cedric and Cedric actually yeah. wins. you know, yep. uh, he played he did pretty well. I think he finished top 32 in the the modern event. Um Yeah, there's a few, but not not a lot of us. Not a lot. So,
0: so as you said, when there's, you know, probably less than a hundred and mm. out of that you know, less than a hundred, most Definitely of them don't go. Yeah.
1: I mean, okay, as you that, said, Cedric
0: was there. Who else was there?
1: Oh, I'd have to go back and look. There there was a yeah. few, but not many. And and that's why I tell people too, if you go do a YouTube search for like Magic the Gathering, MTG Arena, you know, whatever, like on your first I don't know, 30 videos or 50 videos, you might see two with black personalities, maybe, you know, there's just not a lot. So if a any reasonable number don't show up of that group, well, it's going to look like almost none of them were there. I mean, there's really nothing to it player wise. I think it's still just percentages of the community. I don't, I don't think. And again, I would say, most of the people i follow and most people i saw posting things or whatever would have totally been welcoming if i was there i don't think it's the the community directly pushing people out or anything like that i just think it's just coincidental you know like you're saying it's it's small numbers and then just combined with situations and then some people just not being there and you know it it is what it is uh but it is something that we're seeing slowly change over time we're seeing more people getting attention but you know like we said before If you see a minority creator, subscribe, follow their stuff, share their stuff, whatever. Because you have to, again, train the recommendation systems to understand, I like seeing these people. I want to see more of these people. Oh, later in mind, the guys over at One More Mana, they're doing pretty well too. But, you know, if you don't, you just get seeing more of the same, right? So if you want to help those communities grow and whatever, like you have to actively get involved and actively support them and actively follow them. And then you'll start getting more recommended and they become part of your normal rotation. But if you don't, they just don't. I just kind of, and that works with everything. You know, if you want to see more women, you want to see more LGBT folks, you want to see more Asians, you want to see whatever, like you have to actively be at least for several weeks, follow that content, like the video, share the stuff, you know, whatever and then the systems start to recognize like oh you like these people's content let me recommend more of these other people or this other similar content or person or whatever and and then you get it but if you don't it's just not going to happen because all the recommendation systems are designed to show you more of what you already like like hell all of us has gone and bought a shirt and then for the next month all the ads you're getting are like you need a shirt Here's a shirt you for people. Here's a shirt on sale from here. You, you want a know, long want sleeve want shirt? Shirts. Yeah, you want a three quarter sleeve shirt? You want to like like damn, I already bought the shirt. I don't need more shirts, you know. But that like that, cartoon
0: carry. you just need a whole closet full of that same shirt.
1: Yeah, exactly. But but literally, that's a good way to explain to people how the recommendation systems work, right? Like you've proven you had interest in a thing, so it's going to keep showing you more of that thing, and until you change your behaviors or you start Google searching or YouTube searching other things. It's going to keep showing you these other things. And then over time, it gradually changes. And then, you know, oh, now you need pants. Like, no, I already went yep. to Kohl's and got a pair of <laughs> pants. You know, like, yeah. You know, but but that's what it is, though. So, yeah, that's all. Just, you know, support more of them. Invite more of them out. Just be more inclusive. And it'll take care of itself. You know, eventually, y'all will get to meet uh, me and Brian in person at an event. I promise. Maybe not even at the same event. <laughs> but but at an event we'll, we'll get back out sooner or later well brian why don't you tell everybody where they can find you on social media when you're not doing the show i am dl caesar on youtube twitter instagram and our family channel on youtube is allen's ever after you can find me just about everywhere at power dragon B-O-W-R-D-R-A-G-N, or you can also check out power dragon reviews where i'm now trying all different types of wacky food and doing reviews and other stuff I just recently did a review of an Aussie food box with lots of Australian snacks, so that was kind of fun. But as always, wherever you are watching or listening, good morning, good afternoon, good evening, and good night. Please remember to take care of yourself and your family with the COVID out there and the flu and who knows what else. And remember to be awesome and be awesome to each other. If you'd like to further support Color of Magic, you can find us on our website at colorofmtg.com. We also have a Patreon if you'd like to donate other patreon.com slash color of magic you can also find us on facebook under color of magic and if you want to follow us along at twitter you can find us there at color of mtg and as always please share the podcast around to your friends your network people you think might enjoy it because every little bit helps as we're trying to increase our user base